Pacheco. Hello and welcome to Poppycock Podcast with your host, comedian Victor Pacheco. We got a really great show for you guys today. A very special episode with a new friend of mine I just met, but I've known him for a while, Mr. Mark Yaffe. Old friends, new friends. Man, it's Victor, you're like one of those guys I feel like I've known for years. You know, it's just kind of weird how I just, some people you meet and you're just like, hey, this guy will we'll be hanging again. And uh, we've only, what, we've met twice, three three times. Right, three times. And it's just like, yeah. dude, like every time it's felt like, yeah, old friend, old friend, we just met. <laughs> it's just like, it's just, I don't know. It's just like, it's it's that type of vibe where it's just like, you know, it's like uh, like-minded people. And it's yeah. just like really like, good souls and I was like really impressed with you to be honest with you because like I did a show at one of my favorite venues at Sally Tomatoes and it was not in the regular room where they do the comedy at it was like more like in the bar area and there's still a stage there and who I thought the headliner for that night who was also a headliner I thought he was the last comic I, I didn't, I thought you were just there just to like, I didn't know. I don't know. It's like sometimes comics just come to support the show and they don't go up or whatever. I thought reason. I was just doing a guest set and things change. You no, no. no. You got to be ready. Close, the uh, one rule of comedy. <laughs> dude, but the thing that was super impressive was that, dude, that was a very cutthroat crowd. Like the first comic who went up, they just fucking, just the wolves just ate him up. And I was like, all right, I don't give a fuck if you hate that Mexican. I'm going to make you love this fucking Mexican. Right. And so, but anyway, like, like the, the show was getting progressively better, but like that crowd was fucking rough as shit. And, um, and I love that. Like, like not, not that that crowd was bad or anything. It was just like, there was like different environment. There was no spotlight. It was just all the same light. Just kind of had like a, like a restaurant as opposed to like See, a this is this is why we get along because we like that whole combat comedy it's like i'm gonna i can take this piece of shit and turn this turd into a golden goose you know we like that challenge it may not happen but we're gonna give it our best shot <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude i mean and you're never gonna give up you're gonna keep going but i was super impressed because i was like wow like like the the guy who i thought was headlining he, he did pretty good and i was like okay that's the best this room can do and then I was like, well, your headliner, Mark Yappi. I'm like, oh, fuck. Then you went up there and you fucking smurdered, beyond murdered, smurdered. And it was smurdered. And I was just like, holy shit. Damn, because this was the same crowd I just did, except they're way more fucking tired now. And so, if anything, you had a tougher, tougher crowd than I did because they were already tired by the time they came to you. And you, were, you just slayed them. And it was just such a cool experience. And I was like, didn't I just see this guy on Drybar? Like, this is like, I'm, I'm doing shows with this guy. And Holy shit. That's filth coming out of his mouth. Wasn't it one of those Drybar? <laughs> that was also one of the things. I was like, oh, this guy's a clean comic. He was on Que Locos. It's a clean comic. He's on PBS. Clean comic. He does Cruise Light. He's a clean comic. All he does is clean, 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 clean. I do a show with you. And then I'm like, Holy shit. This guy's cool as fuck. <laughs> like I swear to God, I'm like, you know, because sometimes you meet comics that are clean and they, they look down at you like you're a dirty comic. How fucking dare you talk about pussy on stage? And it's just like, listen, I might be a dirty motherfucker, but I got a clean soul. And so yeah, yeah. I can't say that for a lot of clean comics that are just clean comics. They're like, oh, how dare you disrespect the craft by talking about women like that or talking about like your, your own sexual sexuality. Like, it's just like, dude. You're exploiting God to get money. So we're all kind of doing the same thing a little bit differently. So why don't we just like, you know, cut the bullshit and just say, hey, 
the bottom line, are they laughing or are they walking? And Dude, yes. Every time I've seen you, they've been laughing, not walking. Right. And, and same thing with you. And that's why we get along. It's like, cool. We're not going to fuck up the show. We're not going to fucking walk people. But I have walked people. <laughs> I mean, I think every comic has walked people. I think oh, every God, comic yeah. has gotten banned from a venue. I think every good comic has mm-hmm. gone through these. Like, I haven't. You know what? I haven't been banned from a venue, but I, I've been invited not to come back. <laughs> that's I've considered been, bad. I've been ignored from big venue. They don't say oh. we'll never have you here again. They just don't return my calls. Oh, okay. Then that's not the same thing. Never it's, mind. It's just, I, I, just, fire, just say, you know what, dude, you bit it so bad. We would we not we wouldn't even have you in our parking lot. You can't even use our restroom on an off Tuesday when we're having a Kiwanis meeting. That's what I want. Just on, we need more honesty and comedy. Dude, yeah, I mean it's really easy to get canceled these days. It's just like, but but it's also like really easy to not get canceled these days and it's just like i don't know people like are really like oh are you scared to talk about certain things on on like on stage and it's just like no i don't talk about politics i don't give a shit about politics you know what i don't talk about religion i'm not trying to polarize the the audience you know what i mean it's just like i mean sometimes i do because sometimes i'll talk about like you know fucking my wife like an elephant and then, like, people will just honestly, like, be offended because they're, you know, mortified that a fat guy like me could get laid and they can't. And so... Oh, I thought this was a subtle dig at uh, every, you were having Republican-style sex. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We wear that. Yeah, that's right. I dress up like a donkey. My, my, my wife dresses up like an elf, and I really show her who's a real... Yeah, who's, yeah you show her who's in charge of the, of the Congress. <laughs> no, man. No, I wish. I um, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't do politics. I also think the politics are very dated. I like stand-up where you could just, you know, tell this joke in, like, 50 years, or you could have told this I joke agree. 20 years ago. Or, and, like, it, it, it still works. It's still going to work. It'll always work. Like, a Rodney Dangerfield joke is always funny. Like, a, like, 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 honest, like, it's, I don't know how many, I don't know when you wrote this, but, like, one of my favorite Rodney jokes is, a hooker, what a business. It's the best business there is. I mean, you got it, you sell it, you still got it. And I swear to God, I don't give a fuck who you are. That's hilarious. That's always going to be funny. In Prost- a decade, yep. Sex work has been, you know, the longest established, you know, profession in mankind. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's always yeah. going to be a thing. It, that's always going to be funny. I thought it was snake handler, then uh, sex worker. <laughs> well, a good sex worker will handle a snake. So I mean, I mean that's <laughs> this Victor Pacheco. I don't know if I can keep up this podcast. No, you can't keep up. You just run away in real life um, because I can't. I, I got to be quick witted because I can't run fast. That's why I drive my Prius hella fast just to compensate for me not being able to physically run fast. And just what's, what's the fastest you've got the Prius up to? Ah, uh, okay. Ah, uh, this sounds like a ah <laughs> uh, fuck it. Can my wife hear me right now? Is a good question. No, I'm just kidding. Ah, uh, she can. But um, 115. So was it rattling pretty good? I never got my radio. No, no dude, my shit was. Oh, dude, I am fucking, dude. Like sometimes I'm on five, sometimes I'm on the 405, sometimes I'm on the different highways, and I'm just like, I want to see how fast this motherfucker can go. Plus, I just got, I just put three thousand dollars into the car, so I figured, you know, I like, saw you had a little issue with the dealership, right? Oh, I had a huge, I had a huge issue with the. We, can, man, we should man. just do a podcast on uh, I call it car fucked. <laughs> car fucked. Oh just my god! All the yeah. horror stories of people went to a mechanic. That is just here's the thing. I'm willing to talk about it for a little bit and just move on to the next topic. But like to have a whole podcast to hear the American public getting fucked by the dealerships because 
They don't give a fuck. It could be just comics breaking down on the road. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, but then that's just sad. It's like comics are already so sad. And you know, you know what? I'm not gonna fucking talk you out of this idea. If you want to do this idea, do it. But I'm just saying it's just like, dude, every time that my car breaks down, I am questioning the existence of God. I am questioning my self-worth. I am fucking questioning my career choices. I am questioning why, like, 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 like all my like everything is plotted to get why did this car break down? Like there's no, I mean, you know, it's just, sometimes it's an old vehicle. Sometimes you're not taking care of it. Sometimes, you know, but but it's just like, I I try, I mean, especially with the comic, it's just like, like when you have a shitty car and you got a gig that's all far away and you're just like, uh, can I bring another comic? But that's a nice way of saying, Hey, I got a shitty car and I need somebody to drive me there. So is it cool if I bring another comic? And then they're like, yeah, but we're not going to pay. I bring someone to push. (laughs) Well, it's not gonna be me, man, because I got a fucked up back. So it's just dude. Not- okay, I gotta share my story. I know this is not a car breakdown sob story. <laughs> shit to cover. So I buy I buy a 2018 Honda Clarity because it's plug-in and you can recharge it while you're in in, in internal combustion. But I'm like, this is great. It's a revive salvage. Took me five months to get the car registered. It was a nightmare. So I finally take the car. My first road trip. I went to Lakeview. Oregon because I'm, you know, big time like that, you know, 3000 people. And I went to Boise on the way back. I broke down 115 miles from Winnemuc in Nevada. The tire, the guy, the tire just basically was starting to rattle. The tire just flat. It looked like a race car tire. And just, it was fine the day before. So I wait two and a half hours. I get towed 115 miles. Walmart says, uh, yeah, we'll fix the tire. Oh, we don't have the tire. It's a Sunday afternoon. They put new tire on. No, they call me and say, you have to mount your own tire. It won't, it won't, uh, it, we, we can't do it because the rim's bad. So I got a bad rim on it and I got to drive. Can't, how fast can I drive the car? 20 miles an hour. It's a, it's just on the I-80 where everyone's going. It's the speed limit is 80 in Nevada. Yeah. Now on top of that, when I've got pulled onto the flatbed, it popped. You heard this metal. <laughs> the guy goes, the tow truck goes, you got a leak. So bottom line, three toes. Overnight stay because couldn't get a tow truck. Got rejected by one tow truck driver because he said I was piggybacking. I get to uh, back to Reno, uh, $1,500 because they welded, the people I bought the car from welded this transmission cooling assembly to the instead of bolting it because they, they put on a shitty rim and it wore the tire bad because the shitty rim wore the tire. I had to get towed and then the tow t- truck wench ripped this part, $1,500. A bottom line, I'm uh, come see me at Small Claims Court in Van Nuys, California in the next couple of months. I'll be performing in front of uh, Judge Watkins in courtroom 17. This is a dude, that, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. Jesus Christ. I'm screwing well, him. I hope you get I hope you get what I hope you get what's owed to you because that that's uh and was that on the way that was on the way to a gig or on the way back from the on gig? the way back, thank goodness. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, oh, like that—that's a whole, you know what this is. The, this sounds like super recently too, right? This is not. It was in March. I still got the PTSD. You know, it's still strong. Oh my god, dude, that—that's—that's that's horrible, man. Yeah, breaking down. I mean, the only thing that would have made it worse would have been if that was on the way to the gig, and you would have to get and you didn't get paid. Yes. towed to get to the gig. Like, okay, fuck repairing the car. It's just I'm AAA. So I just be like, you guys got to tow me to this gig. And you I'll know, just... you got you've got a hybrid. You know, they, there's no. Sp- there's no spare tire. There's no spare tire in a lot of new cars that aren't hybrids. You know what? I actually have a 2014, and there's actually I have a spare in my back, but the 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 jack that they put in the back of the 
of the Rav Four is a joke. It's like it's like for like a little toy car, and I'm like, I'm not getting under oh, the little crank. Like it's like the tiniest crank. It looks Fisher like, Price. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the most dangerous looking jack I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, I'm not gonna jack up the car and get under the fucking car with that little shit. Right. I know you're supposed to use it just for the just to repair the tire, just to lift it up enough to get the tire off, and I, it's practical. Don't get me wrong, but I'm old school. I want that shit to fucking weigh a lot. I want to, you know, see the car get jacked, like, yeah, and, and be super. You want it to roll, and when you take it off, it smashes your knuckles. You bleed a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then your hand smells like that oily, like you know, just like mill, like I don't know, like the smell of like ten mechanic hands that have never washed yes. their hands while they were working. And and here's the and even worse. And on top of all this, I the guy's like, you know, Bobby just get two new tires because it'll wear better, and then you can just keep the other, buy a rim, and, and have a spare. I was so frazzled about when they couldn't put the tire, they wouldn't mount the wheel and I had to do it. My, I was at Walmart with the power. <laughs> I left the tire there. On top. So I was another hundred dollars down the drain. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize how fucking important that tire is when you're getting new tires. Like, oh no, no, no. no. There's and still a rim. Remember, and <laughs> You cannot get, now this is, when you're in Nevada, you know, we're like, it's like two hours between cities. I'm, I live in Reno, Sparks, Nevada, outside of Reno. And mm-hmm being a road comic a lot of years you know here it's like two hours between cities on the at highway so they'll have maybe one tow truck driver for a county the size of connecticut jesus they and then i got it they wouldn't they couldn't find a tow truck driver so i got them to authorize well you can find one on your own and i'm like okay i start calling around eleven hundred dollars was one quote to go 92 miles another quote 800 another quote 600 jesus AAA was going to pay the $600 tow because they couldn't get a guy, but the guy wouldn't, he says, call me before 10. Then he would, we got the credit card. We're ready to get the tow, but the guy's not picking up the phone now. <laughs> so. Oh my God. Yeah. This, this is, this sounds never ending. It's just never I got ending. I to spend the night in Lovelock, Nevada. So that was, uh, if you ever get a chance, don't. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds like a dream come true. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I hope you get, uh, I hope you get that money. I hope you get compensated for that because that just sounds just really, oh, oh God, it's so horrible, man. And it's yeah. just like, dude, like I was, I had this conversation with a comedian earlier today about how a comedian owes them $60 and then another comedian owes me $30. And then we both realized, hey, you know what? It's kind of fucked up that like, you know, we got into these arguments with these comedians over like amounts less than $100. But then I made this, I made the argument, hey, that's comedy money. Like those sixty dollars and those thirty dollars to normal people, that's a fucking mortgage payment. Because mm-hmm. earning any, even earning a penny in stand-up comedy is fucking hard. So like, you know, when a comic like fucks you out of money, or like, you know, tells you they're going to pay you a certain amount and then they right. don't, or maybe like, you, maybe you had uh, to pay for parking, and uh, that maybe you had to get a hotel because the show ended late and we're too tired to drive and. You know, there's always these add-on little things, you know, that, that just can come up, you know, and you don't, it's totally unexpected. It costs you more money. So that, that $30, especially $30, you know, that's why working around at home, like you're in SoCal, I, I mean, I'm in Reno. I mean, and they say like, my buddy's like, he thinks it's like a current you know, exchange rate. He goes, yeah, a hundred dollars at home is like three, 300 on the road. <laughs> Make a hundred and sleep in your own bed. But you know, yeah. I don't know I don't know if that that exact, but it's not probably that far off. It's like it's it's, it's like off between fifty to one hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sorry, 
uh, pre pre pandemic, uh, because like I don't know, some places are super generous, and some places they want you to kiss their ass for fifty dollars to do a full right. headliner set. And I'm like, you can suck my dick. Like I'm not, especially like like you know for like a forty five minute set where it's just like there's it's like and it's a cutthroat, no win. Like 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 you're working no, for a dollar. You're working for a dollar a minute to just torture uh, yeah exactly and uh, you know what it's 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 worse than that like you know it's just it's it's so it's demeaning it's it's like ah uh, and i'd rather, not, go, give, I'd rather not, go give plasma not that i'm above doing oh uh, yeah and you know what i mean like uh if i if I, that should be like just a standard question to ask comedians like okay how much plasma uh, have you given how much plasma have you donated nobody ever fucking donates it. you know it's just like you donated and you're giving yeah. a stipend but you're getting fucking paid yeah. for your fucking plasma you know so some rich motherfucker can get oh dude i play. did it where i like that you know the plasma you go there and they have like the double bonus days and you like try to get a third donation in in the month and i'd be trying to get back so i'd be going oh yeah i got an extra plasma donation <laughs> dude i don't know i never i really always try to just donate sperm and they're like you know because i'm like listen i'm over six feet tall college a college grad but then the thing the morbid obesity and not being white is really killing me. And so, like, if I were to be white and not morbidly obese, I would, I'd be like one of those dudes who had, like, semen that's worth, like, fucking, like, like $3,000 a month. You go in there, like, like three times a week or four times yeah, a week, yeah. jerk off in the room. You come So there the are guys that are, like, in demand. Right. There's, like, a certain type of, like, you know, um, <laughs> Scandinavian fucking like American. A Chris, like a Chris Pratt. Uh, stunt double or something yeah Dude, yeah some hot white piece of ass that's not me and that's fine you know that that's what's been fucking me over in this business not being a hot white piece of ass mm-hmm. okay just not being a hot piece of ass has been fucking me in this business <laughs> uh you know if i was just any race but just a hot piece of ass yeah, but you know, know. good good looking smarmy white dudes you know they've, they've kind of dominated comedy for a while so i think i think we're, uh, we're evolving you know it's diversifying well dude i i 100 agree we're diversifying and like it, it's just like something that um i want to talk to you about like with being a native american or indigenous comedian and so um what is the significant i mean i don't know like when it comes to like uh, indigenous comedians like ooh, is there like more love when you see one another or is it like more competition? Because like, I noticed like, it really depends like with Mexicans, like sometimes Mexicans really got your back. And sometimes Mexicans like, Hey, fuck that fucker. He's yeah. going to take all, he's going to take our yards, bro. Fuck that guy, man. Uh-huh. And so like, we're like, and like, like maybe because like, you know, like, uh, because of all of the, 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 the horrible things that have happened to uh, native American people of this country. I don't know. Is there like, like, a common like i don't know like brotherhood or is it just like I, I individual it's like, it's like any it's like any other comedy community whether it's latino or black or gay i'm getting it's like you know you get along and there's certain kind like you're good but then there you know when there's when it comes down to certain things there's probably going to be friction you know i mean if it's like hey well we're both up for that job and and yeah they picked this guy because you know he's his cousin used to be the tribal chairman or something it's like well yeah, he really was, you know, that wasn't really his gig. He was, what's, you know, 99% of the time, I'd say I'd get along pretty much with everyone in, in the native community. It's so small. There's really, a, you know, a couple dozen working native comics, probably. That I mean, there's probably, probably out there doing mics and stuff, but I mean, working close to full time, maybe a couple dozen. Jesus Christ. Like you know, 
because like I always feel disenfranchised. I'm just like, how many of the fucking top comics are like Latino, or how many of the top comics are fat? But then it's just like, how many of the top comics are dudes? And it's just like the majority of the top comics are dudes, okay. But like you know, like fat and or Latino or Gabriel Iglesias, you know, there's one. But I mean, that's it. So it's just like I'm not like, oh, well, where's my turn? It's just like you know, I'm trying to make my own lane and, you know, do what I need to do to get, you know, yeah. noticed. But it's just like, it's so hard down here, especially in LA because I just moved here. And it's just like, you know, I'm hitting up these people, I'm yeah. hitting up these comedy clubs and they're like, we don't give a fuck about you. We don't know you. You know what I mean? And it's just like, oh, so, yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. and I've been learning because I've been like interviewing a bunch of comics and I've been asking like, you know, how do you get into comedy clubs? It's like, hang out or like ask somebody who's inside the club. You got to have directly- you know. Yeah, you get on yeah. some you get on some showcase night shows, get the guys that are producing the off nights, the Tuesday night, you know, they got a guy, he's been in there and he's going to put four or five people up or they got to, you know, you might have to do a comedy contest once in a while. I mean, a lot of people don't like to do that. Maybe, you know, try to, try to do some festivals, you know, if I want to be in a contest, you know, I didn't get yeah. a comedy to, you know, this isn't the Olympics, you know, I'm here to tell jokes, not try to take someone out you know oh god and then yeah and then like you beat me out of the comedy competition and now i hate mark all of a sudden because Dude, he I beat me out time. and he only beat me because you know he, he, he beat he won me by, by what he beat me by one boat and it was a it was an indigenous yeah. guy and that's yeah. the only reason he won tribal casino yeah i know seriously seriously that happened to me we did a we did a comedy like cage match whatever they call it was in washington and it was down to two of us thousand dollars winner take all and he had like you know 0.85 percent you know of one percent higher than i had as a cumulative score i lost i got zero so i got from thousand to zero those those Uh, those tough ones oh my god yeah that's like so close that's like about to get laid and they're like you know what i'm really tired i gotta go home it's like what the fuck what was all that talking about? What was all that like, like petting about? It's like you just got me excited for no reason. What yeah. the fuck? I don't know. It's just, I don't. I, 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 I saw, play, <laughs> clothes were being removed, and then Dude, I don't you know. <laughs> It's just, yeah, I don't. I, I, you I, know, I, yeah, and I tell, I, I don't, I tell people don't get too caught up in that whole festival nonsense because that's a lot of circle jerking, I think, in some regards, and everyone's. Well, I mean, isn't it all circle jerking? I mean, like, I mean. It is to a point. At the end of the day, I, I, it's a want to see jerk. talent. I mean, but yes, yes, yes. Sure. But I mean, I think the problem is though, there's a lot of jerking off of people that aren't funny that maybe that, produce it's, really it's clogging, great shows. It's clogging the lanes. They're like they're like the guy doing 62 in the 70 mile an hour zone. Okay, yeah. you need to move to the right lane, go back to the bar lane, right? And one night and let the fast <laughs> lane open for people that are doing something. Right, right. Well, I, just, I, I agree 100%. And it's just like, nested, I call it network nesting. They've nested their way, they've kind of just weaseled their way in where they're taking up spots. Yeah, but they're in, they're in. And you're just like, no, because I swear to God, I'm not going to say where, but there's this one club where I go to a lot and I see this one host a lot. And I've, I've been there, honestly, I'm not fucking with you, where I've seen them host like at least, at least five times. And I'm not fucking with you. I have laughed zero times to this one host and i'm just like how like honestly like i'm just like 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 let me i'll host it for free just to fucking show you what the fuck i can do that maybe all that host is getting and then they're just hanging on to it like but i mean if like me personally like you know like uh, when i when i was living in the bay and i was getting booked at the san jose improv a lot i would have worked my ass off every single fucking time 
to make sure that they would rehire me. And then like, you don't get bumped up from host to feature, which I got to do, fortunately, well, while I was working there when I was living in the Bay. But, you know, I'm not getting um, any bookings anymore since I don't live there. So it's just kind of like But then well, also, even if, even if you're, if you move up to feature, if it's the improv, a lot of comp- a lot of guys are bringing their own feature. So then, you know, there's very few weeks left for you. You're, and getting, then the- you're getting the guys that got no friends, the headlines. <laughs> <laughs> or, have, or don't have the pull to bring fucking their own guys or gals or openers or you know yeah, yeah. the headliner yeah, yeah, yeah. guy, no, guy got the guy got his buddy got sick or he's been out on the road by himself so he didn't want to bother his friend yeah. i mean i i didn't know this but like i actually i found this out i wasn't supposed to find this out but a headliner i'm not gonna say who it was but i'll tell you later but um i opened for them and they were really pissed off at me when they met really pissed like i did something and wait, i was wait, like, wait. Oh. They, they met you after your set no uh <laughs> yes 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 but they didn't catch my set they were setting up their merch table and they just didn't give a fuck. Why just, were they pissed off if they didn't hear uh, you Okay, no, no, no. It wasn't that I introduced myself and I said, do you need help, you know, with the merch table? They said, no. And then, so I was a perfect gentleman and blah, blah, blah. And he was v- very pissed off. And then I later find, I'm like, well, what the fuck was, like, what happened? And I found out that he wanted his own openers, specific openers. And then, then that club was just like, no. Sorry, we, we're gonna bring our own openers, and the openers that you want are are, are denied. Like you know, mm-hmm. you're not you're not bringing your openers. We're he didn't have enough clout, yeah. right? And so like, so I was the host, and he was like an asshole. Yeah, so that me. wasn't you personally. He's pissed at the situation. So, but know. if I didn't find that out, man, I would have like still to this day been like, did I do something wrong? Did I like because it's just like I haven't gotten worse. Like there's some people during the pandemic, like since the pandemic who have gotten worse. Like, there's people who have not written any... Okay, for the record, before the pandemic, they haven't written a joke in 10 years. I thought, then, you, said you, I thought you said you didn't see me for the first time until a few couple months ago. Oh, no. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, that wasn't about you. And and, and for the record, you, you know, um, ah, Jesus Christ, I'm talking about these people that write... I'm sorry, that haven't written anything new at all or haven't, like, fine-tuned anything... Or they're talking about Muni, which is a very San Francisco thing in LA or San, San Jose or Fresno. I'm like, just say subway, just say train, just say fucking yeah. public transit, you fuck nut. Like, why yeah, the fuck? Like- <laughs> I'm at Polk and Mission waiting for Muni. <laughs> hey, listen, if you're at Polk and Mission, you're not waiting for fucking Muni. You're fucking waiting for fucking uh, a, a transvestite prostitute with a crack with <laughs> uh, a, a crack sack and a nut sack to just fucking just smother your face with. Okay, so anyway, that was not transphobic. I'm pro sex, pro positive, pro life, pro choice, whatever the fuck. Um, just you know, um, pro laughter, pro laughter, pro like you know, it's just uh Procaine, which is the cousin of cocaine. Procaine. <laughs> that's good. That's... Prozac and cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Dude, it was hilarious. I shouldn't even be telling this story, but like one time my dad was like, you know, like he was diagnosed with depression in the 90s, right? And our and our neighbor, he was also like, you know, diagnosed with depression. And he's Italian and his name is Adrian. And he had a friend named Giancarlo. And Giancarlo was this big, sloppy, fat Italian guy. And him and Adrian, like, we're like, yeah, hey, Frank, just go fishing with us, man. Just go go with us in the RV. And then, uh, you know, this is in front of our families, and I'm a little kid. And John Carlos is like, yeah, Frank, don't be a little bitch. Just come with us. And I'm just like, 
oh, my dad has to go. Like, I felt like I wanted to go as a kid. So, so they go on this trip and like, you know, it's supposed to be for relaxation and, you know, to calm down and be, you know, they're going to go camping. They're going to go fishing. They're going to go do all this, you know, manly stuff. My dad's a recovering alcoholic, you know? And so, um, they, uh, my dad comes back, we ask him, how did it go? And he's like mortified. It's like, what happened? It's like, you know, he's like Adrian and Giancarlo were popping their Prozac and drinking their Sambucas and smoking weed while they were driving the RV, going down these like steep, like mountains, going like 75 miles per hour, or you should go like 30. Yeah, the RV, like these old Italian dudes just fucking all fucked up. Like, you know, and it's just like the fat, like with the Sambucas and the vodkas and all this shit. And I'm just like, and my dad's a recovering alcohol. And I'm just like, like, I'm like too young to ask him, like, hey, so what's up? You didn't hit the weed? You didn't get a, you didn't get a contact high? Or nothing, you know what I mean? I was too young, but like, now I can joke like that. You know, I'm, you know, in my late 30s, I can joke with my dad about that. But, you know, now, I mean, I'm sorry, back in the day, it's like, don't you, did you dare. Go back and, did you go back and revisit the story with him and ask for details? Ah, uh, you know what? I, I need to. I need to. I revisited some details about him and, uh, he had a drug dealer friend that I knew from the gym, but my dad was never, my dad is a, was a, is a retired roofer. So he did the roof of this like guy who ended up being like this, like tremendous cocaine trafficker. And like, we go to the gym together and like, I'm in seventh grade. I'm just trying to get bulked up, you know, so I can get some chicks to suck my dick because I was ambitious as a seventh grader. And so I was like, really? Like, I sort of got, so this is like, you know, this is a true story. I like this fucking chick. You don't want her to notice me. I've always been fat. I was like, fuck it. If I could be muscular, you know, she might want to like have sex with me or something. So anyway, I was stupid. I still am. But anyway, I was um, <clears throat> going to the gym and my dad would never work out. My dad would just go and he would go to the sauna, the steam room and the jacuzzi with all these fucking like Mexican mafioso dudes. And the thing is about those Mexican mafioso dudes, those dudes are hilarious as fuck. And my dad is hilarious as fuck. So they just go talk shit. And like, you know, like I'm I'm like 12 years old and these are all like men in their 40s and shit. And then like this dude, his name was Chichis, which is Spanish for titties because he had titties. Yeah. They're going Chichis, Chichis. And like, you know, he was like, you know, like, I'm the only guy in the fucking like whole fucking uh, steam room with a with a with a, with a, with a towel. And he's all like, hey, what's up, man? What, you got a pussy under there? How come you got the towel on? And I'm like, I'm, I'm like 12 years old or 13 years old. I'm like, what? And, he's, and this is all in Spanish. He's like, yeah, I bet you got a big old dick like your dad too, huh? And I was just, I was just like, uh, 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 okay, that's that's a nice thing to say to a 12. Fuck. So, and then, and then he said, are you gay? Why don't you want to take off your, your And I was like, okay, you know what? This is, I, I'm just, I'm just pulling down my town. As soon as I pull it down, he's just like, yeah, you got a big dick like your dad. And then he puts his arm around my dad and he's all like, hey, I want to tell you something. That woman at your house that you call your mom, that ain't your mother. This is your mother right here. This is your mother. And I'm your father. I'm your dad. And then he's like, you know, his hands on my dad's shoulder. And then he moves his hand over to my dad's breast and he starts squeezing my dad's titty. He's like, Yeah. You remember, you remember sucking these and drinking milk out of them when you were a baby? Oh, no, no, of course not. You were too young to remember. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? So I did comedy in Spanish, and I told this story to fucking kill him. And um, because, like, it, it was just like, and I, I, I'm, like, I'm like, what the fuck can I tell? And I asked my dad. I was like, is it cool if I tell this story? He's like, 
That story's funny as fuck. Yeah, for sure. Tell that story. And unfortunately, Chichis, he, well, I mean, he got busted. He went into federal prison. FBI agents showed up to my dad. And my dad was under investigation, too. And there's, like, surveillance photos of him uh, hanging out with Chichis. And, like, you know, like, they go out to eat. They go out to, like, you know, like, hang out. They thought your dad was in his crew or something. So, yeah, my dad was in the payoff. But, like, the, I guess the sketchy part was that, like, my dad, I guess, did a $10,000 job one time in, like, the late 80s or early 90s. And, like, this dude paid him in, like, $1,000 bills. And, of course, my dad, you know, just went to go deposit them. And it's like, yeah. dude, do you know how much those why is, are, are why worth is there right powder now? all over these? <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Why, why are my hands dumb after handling these <laughs> these 10 $1,000? He just he paid them 10 bills. Each one was $1,000. Each $1,000 bill is, I think, worth, like, anywhere between $3,000 to $10,000 right now, which is, like, oh, cool. So that investment of keeping on that that ten thousand dollars could have been worth anywhere from thirty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars. And it's just like who the fuck would have known? Because I remember when Bitcoin, I remember when Bitcoin was a like under a dollar. I remember when my homie had ten thousand bitcoins and he and like and he sold them when they like when they were worth oh. like I don't know how much like like but like definitely I, not in the tens of thousands of dollars for Bitcoin. I just gave away a collectible uh, Pontiac Firebird, an '88 Firebird GTA. <laughs> well, well, you're 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 a saint. Not everybody does no, that. No, it was it was. I was doing this neighbor storage thing. You know, make you got to make a side hustle. You know, it's common. <laughs> we have this really narrow driveway in our house. We got this nice big RV pad or the turnaround, but you can't get anything back there because. It was a dis- property dispute and the neighbor sawed off part of the driveway and put the fence up. So it's like a car barely squeezes through there. So this guy, we had it on this neighbor and everyone couldn't get their vehicles. This guy comes to this transit. He goes, yeah, I want to bring my car down from Washington. And he comes rolling up and he's like, it's stalling. Out. And it's this fat engine. So he pulls in, piece of crap. He leaves it. He gets in a cab and then whatever, he flew back to Washington, left the car, paid for like a year and a half. Then he stopped paying. So then the neighbor people, it's like a third-party storage app. They start calling me. Hey, we're going to help you remove that car. Uh, we got You need to get off the property. We can't keep paying you. The, what, what do you mean? You said you guys, if something goes wrong. Well, no tow truck can fit back in your yard based on the photo. So you have to bring the car out. I don't have a way to get the car out. The tires are flat. The muffler's on the ground. So I thought it was a piece of crap. So my my uh, fiance's son had his buddy dragged it. We did, we broke in and it got the, it was a new, it was a stick. So we got a neutral, rolled it out to the driveway, the tow truck come. So we did a lean through for the, the storage company and the tow truck driver comes up. Oh, Trans Am, this is a GTA. If that's a, this is a GTA, it's probably worth some money. He goes, I think I'm going to buy it. You know, I'll probably, I love Pontiacs and I wasn't going to buy it, but they wanted like the bond was like th- several thousand dollars. I'm like, I, I don't want this piece of shit. So this guy's like, well, yeah, I'm going to take it to the, to the, we'll take it. We put up an auction. It's got to sit in the impound for a while. Was, yeah, standing as it is standing, it's probably worth eight, eight, nine thousand. And I just, I could have had the car for basically a fifteen hundred dollars surety bond, but I didn't. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, you like find I'm stuff out guy. like that after. I mean, yeah, I mean, like who, who would have known unless you are a car guy? So, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about just like all, all these other times where, like, you know, it's just like you don't know the value of some of the stuff that you've had, and it's. I can't tell you how many baseball cards I've thrown away. The oh. rookie cards that I didn't get. Yeah, those little Ma- Hot Wheels cars from back in the uh, 70s. Uh, those uh, things uh, would probably uh, be worth uh, hundreds. 
hundreds. Yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah, I'm just, ah, oh, Jesus We Christ. had a 63 Impala. It was pristine. Yeah, man. I mean, Jesus, like, um, well, I mean, I didn't have any, any cool cars like that. I had, you, you know, those, uh, old school Toyotas are usually yellow and they say diesel on the back. I had one of those. Like but Supra? It I mean, kind of, but, but it was a Mercedes Benz. It was, a, oh. it was like an E380. Yeah. And, and like, you know, I was like, that's my weight right now. And so like, I don't know. I don't You're know. I'm driving your weight. I'm driving my weight around. No, that car was dude. That car was like a fucking boat. I lost, I lost my virginity in that car. My mom doesn't like that detail, but you know. And then she sold it for eighty dollars to like this like undocumented worker. And then he had a you wanted it out of the house. Oh, well, I mean, just you know, to help out this this person. She was doing it, being a good Samaritan, basically. doing it a good Samaritan. But then he he went back to Mexico, and he just abandoned the car. And then my parents just donated it. And I'm like, I lost my virginity in that car. Why the fuck did you guys sell that? Why'd you just donate it? Like, that's fucked up. Like, you know, at least, like, let me keep the seat, the back seat, you know? Like, no, I'm just kidding. I wasn't that sentimentally, like, <laughs> attached to losing like, my I'm just kidding. We did it in the trunk. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously. We, we did it on the hood. No, I didn't have the outside of the car, but, you know. You're like, hey, I'm a classy guy. We did it yeah. on the hood. Yeah, we did it on the hood, you know, just in case we made a mess. It's you're outside. A Easy, clean. That's right. Class act gentleman. Um, I have a question. Love I have a under the stars. Um, yeah, dude, <laughs> dude. Yeah, you sound like a man of romance. Um, performing outside, I just performed outside recently, and I did that prior to the pandemic. And then during the pandemic, I've done it like a shit ton of times. But like prior to the yeah, pandemic, yeah, I did some pandemic backyard show or two, and Zoom wow. shows. I've done shows on a rock in the Sierra Mountains. I've done a tool shows on a shed in Iraq at an Air Force base in Mechanics Bay. Uh, Holy shit! In Iraq, that's awesome. Yeah. The, did show, oh, I did a show on, on uh, uh, Alaska Airlines on the way to Fairbanks, Alaska. On the plane? On um, what the speaker, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That must have been the fucking best, man. That must have been so yeah, awesome. It was pretty sitting. surreal. So my goal, because I've done, now I've done air. I did Alaska Airlines land. I've done, you know, land games. I've done cruise ships. So I got air, land, and sea credit. So my, my next one, either I want to be the first comic to do comedy on the Antarctic. I get down there, like, to the science... And or uh, maybe in space, but I think that one could be a little tougher. I think I might have a better shot with the Antarctic. What about underwater? I don't know. How would you do that? I don't. I don't know. Metalocalypse did it. Um, <laughs> it's a cartoon. I don't know. I just got that crazy. I was just like, yeah. What about underwater? You could, you know, you could, yeah. you could play, you could play. Pop up in a, I'm just fucking with you. Submarine. <laughs> you need yeah. a real audience. I remember with the Zoom, people were talking so much shit about the Zoom. The only people talk shit about the Zoom were people who were like. I don't know, just like uh, either not confident with their jokes or just found out through Zoom that their jokes have been horrible this whole time. You know what, what I loved about Zoom? I could put all my material right on my screen. I was just using it as a teleprompter. Yeah. This COVID was crazy. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Damn it, Mark. You know, the whole point of the podcast is to, you know, let's look behind the curtain and you just expose the, the Zoom business. Yeah. I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. That's my you know, that's a dirty business. The Zoom. Economy. Oh no, I put I put notes. Like I'd have a screen and I'd have like notes over here with like my set list. Dude, so, yeah. I know you can't yeah. do it. Oh, actually, I'm not going to say who, but in the Bay Area, I did a show with uh with somebody, and like I have this thing where I have this uh, method of uh, positive visualization. So if I envision success and if I envision envision um, positivity, then. I will more likely to not have success. 
So if I am able to show up to a show before the audience gets there and I can physically walk on stage and imagine success, I'm more likely to be like, you know, successful. Like I feel I'm more comfortable. So I tried to, to get there early so I could like actually get on the stage before. I, this always doesn't happen and I always don't have this option because sometimes people show up you know, doors open at seven. They show up at six thirty, and they're in there early. So yeah, I can't, can't show. Up. Clear the room. Yeah, it's just like, excuse me, can you guys close your eyes? I don't want to ruin the magic. You know what I mean? And then you sound like a douchebag. I don't want to ruin the magic. And it's just like, who the fuck do you think you are? You know what I mean? Like, you know, you imagine. I don't know, but um, <laughs> but it works. But it works. Yeah, man. I fucking. Did you uh, always do that for like everything? Uh just for comedy. Just for comedy, dude. Like I fucking. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I just do certain things for comedy. Like, it's so funny. Like, my dad asked me in Spanish. He's like, hey, what's your act? And I was like, I act like I'm not depressed. That's what my act is. Like, I fucking just go out there and, you know, I just, like, pretend everything's good and everything. Yeah. You know, it's just like, yeah. but, like, you know, I, I said that first part, but then, you know, I taught him exactly, you know, like, what I talk about and, you know, mostly my day job and I hate the kids and, yeah, you know, he's a substitute teach and yeah. It's fucked up because like audiences are like like you don't you don't you don't substitute teach um, you don't have sex and um, you're not married. Right, they think but, it's all just a facade. It's, they they think it's all an act. Like everything, like like there's no way that this guy with it because like I have a huge forehead, so sometimes it gets misperceived as me having a mental disability. Um, the they way think they think you're a bouncer, they don't think you're a substitute teacher. Dude, I mean, like, oh, I mean, I, I'm too fat to bounce. Oh, wait, no, I'm not. But uh, <laughs> that's the clip. Okay, <laughs> but uh, no, dude. I mean, like, every time I show up, but not every time. Most of the time, I show up at a school. They're always like, oh, "Are you here to pick up your kid?" I'm like, "I'm here to teach." Jesus Christ, is it that easy? No wonder so many kids getting fucking kidnapped. God damn. And then it's just fucked up because, like, I do stand-up and I'm like, you know, people won't believe that I'm a substitute teacher. Even when I tell stories of my experiences, like, in the hood, in the suburbs, like, you know, all black schools, all Mexican schools, you know, private schools, charter schools, public schools, kindergarten, transition kindergarten, continuation school, PE. Like, you know what I mean? I have material about, like, everything in between. Have like, you done traffic school yet? No. You no, but, you're, yeah, you're too young. Yeah, I used to do tra <laughs> traffic school. Yeah. What's up with traffic school? I mean, like, uh, I mean, <laughs> it was eight hours you had to talk to people, six hours and 40 minutes by law. You know, we tried to, we were able to fudge it a little bit, but sometimes the DMV had sent inspectors, so you couldn't let people out too early. Some people got busted. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That's a captive one. audience, dude. I, I had some good material, though. Man. That's why I got, I got my comedy chops at traffic school. Dude, that actually, dude, that's actually very inspiring, man. Yeah. Because, like, you're making money while you're, you know, building this uh, public speaking voice that you're going to use for here's, stand up. Yeah, here's, here's one of my stupid comedy school shtick jokes. So I'd have a quiz, right? And everything I would have punch you. So uh, the rule is if you hit a dog, uh, uh, what's the rule? You must, you must stop and report report the dog. Uh, notify the owner you've hit the dog. What happens if you hit a cat? You back up, finish the job. <laughs> and that's they hilarious. still they still let me into comedy with that material. Just, <laughs> Dude, that's a clean joke. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you should do that. Like, I, I would not open with that at an animal rights fundraiser. 
but it's a funny joke. It's and it's clean, and it's it like it's, it worked for. It was all driving related, you know. Uh, uh, it's just, but there's so many dog. I'm a dog person, yeah. so like for me, that's funny. And then like my wife doesn't hate cats, but she's like very allergic to them. Yeah. And when I when I used, when I used to do a lot of uh, cocaine. I used to be allergic to cats too. Like it was just like the the, the dander. It would just go into my neck. Dander mixed with the, the cocaine. Yeah, it, yeah. The cat does not mix good with the cocaine, man. It does not mix good. Yeah. You know, it makes you a little bit fucked up on the inside and on the outside too because you turn red, you can't breathe. But like you know, it's so fucked up. I think I'm one of the only I'm the only Mexican comedian that does not do an impression of his mom on stage. Like you know, it's just like. <laughs> and, and I don't know. I mean, that's not a bad thing. If you don't impress your mom on stage, that's cool. But I mean, it's just like that's one thing I, I don't do. I do talk about my mom, like because like she's fucking hilarious. My mom's fucking. So why, you do, why don't you do your voice? Just you think it's just been overdone or out of? I mean, I don't think that like you know like talking like this, like people are gonna believe that like that's how she talks. Well, they don't believe like... you're a substitute teacher, so why the hell? That's hilarious. Shit, you say they, they don't believe shit, man. Like, dude, I really have had people come up to me like, "Hey, so what do you teach? Where do you teach at?" And it's just like, wait, are you trying to get me fired? Like, well, I don't believe you're supposed to teach. You should just bring your sea best with you. Yeah, the- <laughs> here you fucking shut up. Oh my god, uh, dude, you're, you you know pic- here's and a wedding picture with you and your wife. <laughs> dude, I you should just have a, like, a photo. You should just you should have it on your phone to scroll through <laughs> or have it on the screen. You know, dude, that's too much. I'm just gonna take a picture with my wife holding up the sea best. And, uh, and and then just one photo. Here we go. And then I have my dog right there. And you know, it's just, it's just you know, it's just the room of a dog owner too. Because I probably made that up too. And then I, I show I have a cute little Chihuahua poodle mix. And yeah, I won't uh, believe that they'd say you got a you got a Rottweiler, Pitbull, <laughs> Shepherd. Oh, I got a dog that looks like me, like it's a bulldog with no neck that has breathing problems. So like you know, it's just like me having a cute yeah. Chihuahua, me being Boston a Boston Terrier that snorts, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, Boston Terrier that snorts and you know chops up my lines because that's a good boy right there. That's a good boy. But like I swear to God, though, man, no respect. I'm, my dog <laughs> snorts on my cocaine. No respect. <laughs> oh, this this freeloader. And then, hold on, let me do that. Oh, freeloader. All right, right now, I don't know. I, mean, I think I like every success. I mean, not successful, but like a uh, quotable comic. Like, it's like has that, like, sh- like I don't know, like Yiddish, Jew, sh- I don't know, New York twang. I don't know why, or at least in my brain. And also, I, I've learned English watching television. So sometimes I sound like I'm from New York, and I'm not from New York. Or like I'll do shit that's like very like for this is a true story. You, I'm set, sorry, what did you say? say? You could pass. You probably could pass for Puerto Rican because you have a little bit of that kind of East Coast attitude. Oh yeah, I'm just too. I'm very blunt, and so like people are like you're a little bit too blunt because like this is what this is a true story. I'm I'm standing in front of a comedy venue. I'm talking to I'm talking to my friend. He's a black guy, right? Why is he Why is he black? He's got to be you know he's a black guy. So anyway, I thought he's black. He's a sweetheart of a guy. And then this this comic, he comes up to me. I'm smoking a joint, and and my friend, the black dude, does not smoke weed. So I'm smoking a joint, and this this guy, this comic, comes up to me, and he's all right. While I'm talking to this dude, he's all right. Hey, let me hit that joint. And I look at the dude, and I'm like, Hey, Victor, how you doing today, man? Isn't it a beautiful day we're having today, bro? You want to like maybe pretend to be my fucking friend before you ask me for something, dude? And I did not miss any words verbatim said that. And the black dude says, well, skipping the beat, he's like, holy shit, man. 
This is like straight up from a fucking movie out of the 70s in New York, man. Holy shit. You don't take no shit, do you? I'm like, bro, I give the respect I get. So if you're going to disrespect me like that, I want to fucking disrespect you like that. Because, like, you're my boy, Mark. If you're like, hey, Vic, let me hit that front. You're like, yeah, hold on. You're my boy. But if it's some fucking dude I don't know, and, like, you know, you see them, like, at open mics, or you see them, you know, it's like, I don't know you shit. I don't know you. And then it's always that one guy. Oh, let me hit that. Let me hit that. Every fucking time, I'm like, hey, listen, I have never seen you bust out weed not one fucking time. So go fuck yourself. And I told people that. And, and this was before COVID. And I think that, COVID. Could be, that could be your comedy album, Blunt. Blunt. Serious. <laughs> too, yeah. too, blunt, too blunt for stand-up. No, no, no. Too, no, blunt, no. Or too blunt. Yeah. Or so. blunted. That's what people say when they smoke a lot of blunts and they're, and they're really like high as fuck. Oh, yeah, I'm blunted as fuck. I got blunted. Might like, a, that might be a good one. Yeah. The past tense of blunt. But yeah, I don't smoke blunts. I smoke joints. But you know, it's just like, no, but I mean, it's just like, it's so fucked up because What's like. the uh, blunt, the double entendre, just because like, you are blunt. You just. I've blunt. Yeah, I know. And it could just be like me, but as a blunt. Like, I'll just Photoshop me as a blunt. And make me look uneven with my tits and my belly and my, you know, my fat. Oh, and make like, me, you know, you know like what well, make it look like one of those sloppy blunts or whatever. But like, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, yeah. So I have, I have, I have, I have some questions for you. Um, now we get down to the nitty gritty. That's where it gets. Oh no, we've been having a great conversation. I'm like, okay, let's get to the question part. <laughs> You're like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't prove no fucking. You told questions. me you were going to give me advance warning on these questions. <laughs> I asked for this in writing. No, no, no. You can ask me to skip any questions. All of a sudden, I'm going to be like. <laughs> Mark, is, Mark is mouthing words and pretending that his audio went out. That'd be so funny. And then you hear somebody yelling in the in the background. Mark, dinner's ready. Uh, or like, or Mark, are you ready to go? And it's just like, oh shit, how did I hear that? You have the emergency text. <laughs> ready to go, Victor? Yeah, I gotta go. No, 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 it's nothing like that. No, but um, what's it called? Um, you've been performing stand-up for since the late '90s, and you know you've had your fair share of doing comedy around the world, around the country, and I've had experiences personally with racist crowds. How, what type of advice would you give for a comedian who has a racist audience and they don't like you, but you're making them laugh, but they fucking hate you? Making, oh, you're making them laugh, but they hate you. Yes. Get that, get that money. Get paid. Get, <laughs> get asked to get paid right away. <laughs> so you just get the fuck out as soon as it's over, right? No, that's how I had a way too. And then the fucker came up to me and talked to me after the show. And I embarrassed the fuck out of him in front of everybody. In front of everybody, bro. Like in front of everybody. And then I was like, I was like, you hate Mexicans? And he's like, yeah. I was like, well, I want, I was like, why don't you suck my spit dick then? And the crowd went fucking crazy. Crazy. Okay. Like, like I killed so hard. One of the guys on the show who produces shows up in like uh, Northern California, he saw me do 20 minutes of this. I saw me do 20 minutes of crowd work. What town was this in, if you might ask? Ukiah. Dude, I'm, I'm, I lived in Lake County. There are all sorts of racists in those areas. So I'm not making this up. This is really <laughs> happened. And like, and they were like, but there was a lot of that crowd was cool as fuck. And then also, I would, at the time, I was doing a an anti-Trump joke. I don't do political humor any, uh, anymore. This is how, how long ago this was. 
And so, I mean, it was like 2015, 2016-ish. But, you know, I, like I was saying, this Trump joke, and, and somebody kept going, boo, boo, boo. And I was like, dude, don't boo me. Blow me. And the fucking crowd just like, same fucking show. Same show, different heckler. And then it went back to the other heckler. And then, like, he was there with, like, four women. There was two on each side. And I was like, bro, it doesn't matter if you're gay because you ain't going to fuck any of these ladies tonight. I got a better chance than you, and I got bigger tits than all four of them combined. And, uh, oh, my God, it was fucking, like, everyone was. That's it. You know, that's it. You just go right at them, too. That's I, I was just, like, really just, like, I was, I don't know. So, like, my thing was just, like, fuck it. You can't, you, can't, you can't show fear in a situation like that. The, the worst part was that I drove three and a half hours to get there. To get there, I got there an hour before the show started. And so then you visualize. Correct. And then the show started at two hours late. And then um, they weren't letting people in unless they paid cover. And there was people that paid cover just to come in just to drink. Because they had like the cheapest drinks in town. Like I'm not like about the comedy. They didn't give a fuck about the comedy. So it was like one of those situations where you had it like fucking like so there was like maybe like 80 people in there, but like 25 were there for stand-up. The formula and, for disaster when you it, it was it was horrible. Everyone paid though. But no, I just say it's if you yeah, yeah, a yeah. show or a real cheap cover where people just use it and now they're pissed they had to pay the five dollars to just shut up so I can drink, you know. This, right. That's the guy. You're the guy that took their five dollars. You could have bought another round with that. Well, not like, not just that though. We're we're conversation blocking them and cock blocking them from talking to any potential suitors that night or potential, you know, sexual conquests or whatnot. Yeah. And here we are, you know, with our microphones, you know, making people laugh. And then you know, it's like that person, like they get pissed off, like, hey, why are you getting that fucking attention? Nobody fucking knows you. It's like, look, I'm funny, motherfucker. You don't need to heckle me just because you have no self-esteem and you don't have the fucking balls to come up here, you know? And if those people are in the back and, you know, they're not part of the show, I don't even usually address it. If I, hey, they're, they're, they're turned away. I know what the setup was. Yeah. There's no reason to involve them. Front and center directly heckling me. Talking to... So, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm, I'm speaking. No, no, no. I really... I don't even fuck with people in the audience unless they fucking interrupt me or they heckle me, which is a form of interruption. So, like, even if they're, if, if, even if it's a positive interruption, like, you're I funny. thought I would heckle. We were trying to help you. Did you ever get that one? Oh, God. Yeah. It's like, I was doing fine. You know what I mean? We're putting out a Craigslist ad. You know, I mean, but I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to lie. There's been times where I have been doing okay. And then, I, and then, like, I'm frustrated because the fucking joke I'm doing is new or on the newer side, and I'm really wanting it to work. And then, fuck, it kind of didn't go over. And then you kind of pissed off, and a heckler fucking says something, and you fucking destroy the shit out of the heckler. And then everybody's on your side, and everything you say after that is gold because you already won the trust and, like, you know, everything from the audience. Like, they really, like, are, they believe in you now because you, you took down this heckler. But in reality, like this one time I was wearing this hat, I was wearing a fedora when I first started comedy because I had no self-esteem. And so I thought this would help me somehow. And like there was this fucking guy at the back of the bar and uh, he's like, look at you with that hat. You look like Miley Cyrus. You look like Britney Spears. And then I said, without skipping a beat, I was like, it's Britney, bitch. And fucking uh, place went fucking crazy and fucking like I just kept making fun of them. 
I like, you know, for being like a short Mexican guy and his dick's hella short and the reason he won't shut up is because he can't get a boner and his dick's small. And it was, and like all the chicks were going crazy. Like, <laughs> you know what the fuck, you know, you know Mexican chicks get. And the fucking fucked up part was as soon as my set was over, he comes up to me and shakes my hand. It looked like he was about to stab me, by the way. And, and I was kind of scared. He's like, he's like, hey, bro, I was just trying to help. I was like, bro, you would have helped by shutting the fuck up, man. I was trying out new shit. Like, what the fuck? But like, and then I go outside to go smoke. And then like all these other people go outside to go smoke. And then this white girl comes up to me. And she's all like, oh my God, you guys were so funny. How long did you guys rehearse that for? And I was like, a rehearse? I don't know that fucking guy. I just met that guy tonight. That is hilarious. When he was heckling me. <laughs> and right now when he came up to give me a hug, I thought he was going to stab me for making fun of him and his dick and his inability to get laid. And that it, it's Britney, bitch. And that I, I called him a bitch. See, that's how him. good your banter was. That you were so quick that she thought this guy can't be coming up with this stuff that fast. That's a compliment. Oh, yeah. No, but it was also like, I was in disbelief. I'm just like, you really think that I fucking spend time talking to that fucking loser to fucking say all that fucking people shit? People have no that was, I mean, no, no, but the, the, people, 80% of the audience thinks that you're just making shit up when you get up there. Like the whole right, set. Just, right. You're winging it. You just came up with that shit on the spot right there. You haven't been telling that joke. You didn't yeah. come up with that joke however many years ago, or months ago, or weeks ago. How long you've been fine tuning that joke and polishing it and and, and just making it into the, the, the fucking awesome, awesome, shiny, beautiful joke that, you know, we strive to make. You know, that, that joke that works everywhere. That joke that it's just like, no matter what, you're like, this joke's going to kill. This joke's going to kill. And it's just like, you know, to have the confidence to do that, every single joke is what it takes to, to I think, to be successful. Because, like, if you doubt yourself or if you're not, uh, I don't know, like, excited about your own um jokes or your own material or your own premises it's it gets tired it's like you're a fucking robot up there just dictating crowds yeah. are, crowds are smarter than they were before they're a little more judgy and they can be a little <laughs> more sensitive but they they realize when it, you're in the moment and and you you have spontaneity although this dumb lady evidently didn't realize you were in the moment she thought it was rehearsed but <laughs> <people. That's laughs> they, I they appreciate crowd work you know, and they pre- not this because you just do crowd work, just to crowd work because it was you you reacted quickly and 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 hilariously to like the situation, and they know what people are. No, no, well that guy couldn't. You know, he could rehearse that. That guy's fucking sharp. You know. Well, well I mean, as a comic, you would have recognized. Hey, that dude was just in the moment. There's no way fuck he rehearsed that because even if he rehearsed that. There's no way he could have executed it like that, as pissed off as he was. Because I was so fucking pissed. Bro, I was so pissed. And also, I was a little scared that he was going to stab me. So there was that extra, oh, okay, you're going to fucking kill me here at the shitty-ass dive bar in fucking San Jose. Okay, cool. Well, then I'm going to fucking make sure that everyone laughs at you. And you feel fucking ridiculous before I fucking die. And someone record this in case I get stabbed. I want this video to go viral. <laughs> I know, so I can finally get my credit. Um, but, um, what's it called? No, I jokingly told my friend, I was like, like, he's like, bro, yeah, I don't want to get killed by the cops. I was like, yeah, I know. It'd be the only time you got a TV credit. 
And so, ah, man, I'm such a piece of shit. Just for that, I'll never get a TV credit. You know, and I was like going through the back door and it's like, I got these scripts, bro. You know, it's going to make a lot of money, man. But, you know, it's just like, I don't know, like, you know, there's like so many avenues to go down, like, you know, with a stand up, like, you know, you could do acting, you could do voice acting, you could become a script writer. You know, there's just so much stuff that's in the entertainment business that is that's just the like problem because a lot of us are ADD type creators and we can't. Oh, I want to do this. Oh, that's opportunity. I'm doing another. Yeah, I mean, like right now, it's just like I'm working on scripts. I'm trying to write um, a Mexican themed, you know, comedy, and it's just like I'm I'm learning how to write scripts, and it's just like I'm incorporating. What's funny is like I write down everything I think is funny, and, and it doesn't always translate to stand up. But sometimes it translates into the script and I can use it in the script. And so, and it is funny because hey. it's like situational. Yeah. Now, did you see that just Joe Coy is coming out with that feature film? No, I did Joe not. Coy coming out with Easter Sunday about the Filipino family and the Easter Sunday to bring together. For no, I didn't know. I did not so, see I mean, that. That's good. So you, you do, do the, the, by the way, you do the Filipino really fucking good. Oh. Uh, that was, uh, <laughs> you do yeah, a little bit too by, good. I've been told by my, my millennial muse. I have this lady does my, help me with some TikTok and social media. And like we were talking, she started, somehow we got started getting on material. And she's like, she's like, uh, uh, like, oh, uh, you know, doing voices and stuff. You know, that's like considered, you know, a lot of Gen Zers, younger millennials. Like, oh, you can't, you can't do those voices. That's not appropriate. What? Fuck that. Cultural appropriation. I mean, out of respect, I know this is like, you know, one of your, your, your producers or whatever, but like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, fuck your producer. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. No, I mean, but I mean, it's just like, you can't make those voices. It's just like, okay, well, maybe not in real life, but like, you know, like at a comedy show though, if you're trying to be funny, like for example, I don't use the N word like at all. Like I don't refer to my friends as the N word ending with an A. I don't do that because that isn't how I talk. (laughs) Close. But um, any rate, no, but, but, I will drop the N-bomb with an A if I'm quoting a black guy telling a story in a black room. And the and audience, any, the audience has to be black. That? They're oh, okay no. with that? No. Oh, they're totally cool with that. Because, like, you know, it's, it's what I was called so, by a student. I was called. Oh, you told me that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I told you that. And I was just off the record. And, like, like on the record, you can get canceled. But... Everybody fucking laughed. Everybody had a good time. And then, like, I had Tony Sparks, uh, the godfather of Daria comedy, also a black dude. Yeah. Black man, I should say. I'll be respect. Um, he's black a black man. dude. That's not disrespect. He's a dude. We're all yeah, dudes. He's a dude. He's a dude. He's a, but he's a proud black man. And he's a good like, dude. He's a good dude, too. And so I asked him, I was like, hey, Tony, hey, is this racist? He's like, no, nah, baby. It's only racist if you got hate in your heart, baby. That's right. it. But I'm just like pretty good Tony Sparks. I don't I don't got hate in my heart. I'm quoting a student because he called me a fat Mexican. And I'm just like, I've I've been called a fat a Mexican, but never a fat Mexican. And I'm just like, dude, you are like I mean, no, because dude, apparently hella black people call me that, but nobody's ever told me that to my face. But I've never, it. but this kid did. This kid did. He only had the guts. He only had guts. So when I told this to a room full of black people at a comedy show, they went crazy. They were crazy. Like, seriously, like, like, oh, we call you that all the time. Oh, my God. How are you just learning this? How, like, you know what I mean? This isn't news. How is this? This is so funny. What else are you learning about black culture? 
you didn't know that you were that you didn't know you were. i was just like but i kept pressing it you know what well, i mean here's, here's here's a question that i don't see answered in pop in popular culture is what natives aren't i don't know natives could be grandfathered and use the n-word because they used to be called timber n-word up in the north up in the up in wisconsin minnesota timber n-words yeah so does that give you know, because a lot of black people say, hey, that's our word. You can't use it. Don't drop. Oh, my God. Hold on. There's another one that I heard that was also like a, it was also, a, it was an ice, an N-word. And it was for like, the, or igloo N-word, or Eskimo N-word. It was something like, it was something horrible. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And I was just like, I'm surprised nobody's ever called me it taco n-word because that would be really offensive like i'm just like dude like it's just like you just add that word to anything and it makes it horrible i'm just like dude that's a horrible word but then like also though too i don't like using i don't like anyone using that word in any form with the a or with the r especially with the r especially with the r but i mean like with the a because like dude i've been to shows like like where there's a black comic and they say the n-word like with the uh at the end and like i'll see black people getting offended like hey nobody should say that word it's it's really hurtful like you know it's like it, it doesn't come from a good place and even though a lot of people say they're using it to empower you know it's still it, it still affects a lot of people mostly white women but i don't give a fuck about those white women i care about black people that are offended by that word like you know if i heard hey, I'm, Victor, I'm, hey, yeah. hey karen lives matter <laughs> dude I, I i actually say something about karen's in my and one of my stories, I talked on stage about why they're called Karens. They're called Karens because they're always caring about the wrong shit. Oh, and so it's just like, I'm just like, like, and I'll get like a fucking like a... I like thought because they were carrying a lot of white guilt. <laughs> Did you just tag my joke or did you come up with... All yours, fucking, brother. Oh, you're the fucking <laughs> That's best. all oh, yours. Jesus Christ. Serious, if you can use oh, it. Jesus Christ, I'm going to send you $50. Uh, uh, <laughs> You gotta you, up. You. Okay, it's fifty dollars a joke. So that was just the punchline. So I gave it twenty-five. <laughs> punchline fifty, tag twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that would be so great! I just like, I just give you my, I just give you my set, just transcribe and just Dude, tag, that, it, tag it, tag it, tag it, tag it. Wouldn't that be a great sketch? You have like a, a comedy drive-through. And I can have you order, please. Yeah, I need a, I need a three uh, uh, weed jokes. I need a. a uh, an, an alcohol joke to go and a uh, two heckler responses. Okay, pull up to the window. <laughs> and Dude, you actually... Write that fucking sketch, Mark. Write that, that fucking sketch. That's fucking brilliant. That's actually really fucking funny. That's <laughs> that's really fucking funny. And then I do. There's so many orders that can happen within this sketch because that's just one listen. car that's well, that's one car that's that's listen. one car like we're, like listen i don't have to be involved in the sketch but i will as your friend motivate you and tell you hey brother you need a right to this sketch is, and make it see how negative i hear my brain right goes like i have to get people together i gotta film it i gotta put it up and i gotta get the, uh, it's, it's like i like the idea and then it's like that's why I don't do follow through. That's why I'm not famous. Then fucking write it down and fucking do it. Submit it, dude. Submit because, dude, that's a funny fucking premise. What I submit it to? Uh, um, um, like you would have to get like a writing packet, uh, to like SNL, SNL. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's always networks that are hiring yeah. right now. Well, I mean, yes, but see, that's the thing is, I don't know if I want to be a net. I, I, you know, I was trying to write during the pandemic. I was trying to get a. a Late, I had a guy kind of help me with a late night, 
packet. But then Bill Maher wasn't at wasn't hiring any comics. I was going to submit. He had me. Oh, right, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's so fucked up. And then like, ah, I was so pissed off because like I can't prove it, but like. I went to the comedy store and I, and I did all my stand-up comedy jokes about being a substitute teacher and having these kids that I hated. And then like about like 18 months later, there was a show that came out that was very similar to what I talked about with a very yeah. famous comedian. You weren't feeling very uh, fluffy about this situation? I was feeling very, very, I don't know. <laughs> I was feeling horrible, man. But yeah, you could say I mean, I had to go to church or Iglesia to cleanse my sins about yeah, it. But right, like, right. Uh, my point being is that people were like fucking like tagging me and sending me messages like, hey, you should write for the show. And I'm like, this is the ABC version of the fucking hilarious shit that I came up with. And like, I was like, what? They like literally changed everything except they were like, you know what? We're just going to keep Keep the fat Mexican guy, but just, you know, we're going to use a more famous one. But, you know, and for the record, I'm not alleging that, that that any comedian on that show stole ideas. I'm saying somebody fucking really, there's a good chance that somebody took that idea. But then also, no, I, too, I told you we had one, I played a Native American uh, comedian and teaching citizenship classes. I basically, I some white supremacist comes on stage and I, I, I clock him with the mic stand. And I get sentenced to community service, which is teaching citizenship to new immigrants. And then uh, there was Michael Cazada from Breaking Bad, Agent Gomez, and then Jerry Bednov, the go fuck a go guy from 40-year-old virgin. So we shot a pilot in New Mexico mm -hmm. and then it wasn't going anywhere. And then the producer and I had a falling out because he found out he had uh, past legal issues with uh, um, um, underage uh, minors, evidently. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd have a falling out with someone. Oh, we're like we're that done. Too. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. 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 Holy shit. And then, and then, like, a, my, then my buddy messaged me, "Hey, bro, I don't know if you saw this. There's this new show, Sunnyside. It's about this uh, guy teaching citizenship class to new immigrants. It was a city, an India Indian. He said, "Well, we, I'm gonna." And I hadn't talked to this guy, so I emailed him just so you know. Blah blah blah. Came out. It was very close to art. I'll check that out. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna sue them. And I said, if I can find the uh, submission, he didn't. You're gonna sue NBC and win. You're gonna take on, that. yeah, dude. Yeah, so I'd be so again. Again, yeah. So I'd it's just sure. like you're crushed. You're crushed. But but also the, the only silver lining to that is you know what? I'm fucking funny enough, and I'm so creative enough that motherfuckers want to run with my idea. And you know what? I'm badass enough to come up with even more ideas that are as good or even fucking better. Because otherwise, you're just like. I'm never writing again. I'm never sharing again because everyone's just going to steal my fucking ideas. And I've had to come to terms with that. But like, honest to God, I've said this before. I've had a podcast idea stolen from me. I pitched it to, to a comedian and they told me, no, they, they weren't ready to record a podcast because they were depressed. And so I was like, you know, it was a good idea. It was called the, 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 the druggy doctor sit down. And so it was just like, it's just like, whoa, it's a, it's a drug addict doctor. No, it's a drug addict and a doctor talking about, you know, and, and like, it's kind of like a love line for drug addicts. <laughs> drug line. Exactly. It's drug line. It's love line for losers, you know, who do drugs yeah. and, you know, don't get laid because you yeah. know, they'd rather get high. So, but anyway, yeah. like, you know, like it had like 
ideas about environmental racism like going on all around the oh, world. Oh, serious stuff. I'm sorry. I, like, no, 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 no. But but it was like no, no, no. This is just like an idea for one episode. And then like you know we talk about racism, and then we 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 could talk about uh, the, uh, the 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 fucking uh, opioid prices, and we could talk about like you know like environment like 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 harm reduction and like you know pub, uh, American public education system with drug education in the schools, and you know talk about like real life stuff, and talk of like you know like interview like doctors, psychiatrists, you know like make it like a like you know a, a learning educational type of podcast. And so this person was like, no, I'm not really you know, wanting to do it. And then like, like, like a few months later, uh, this person with, uh, another comedian who has TV credits, uh, they started doing that podcast and I was just like, okay, so I was hurt. I was did like, they steal the name too, or did they change no, it? No, 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 no. Because like I was willing to, and by the way, I'm so glad that did not happen because like, if I had a podcast and I was the druggie, you know what I mean? That's not a good luck. And I've been told by countless comedians, like, hey, listen, bro, you might want to joke about it on stage, but like that's just leave it on stage. Don't talk about it on podcasts. Don't talk about like any because then people like will see you as a liability and then they won't book you on shows or they're they're gonna be skeptical about booking you on shows because yeah. hey, are you, you gonna OD in the bathroom? You're a responsible drug user. Right. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just like I I I smoke weed. And do edibles, and on occasion will you know drop acid and shit. But like you know what I mean. Like my days of like that's, you know that's ninety seven percent of comedians, right? I know. You're, and then, not, you're not out of the box, and right? Well, I mean, I, I'm California sober, as as they call it. You know, it's like you're not really sober. No alcohol, like, just just mm-hmm. weed. Well, well, I mean, alcohol sometimes, but uh, like <laughs> you know, it's you just like that to me. okay. Yeah, no, but I mean, it's just like I used to be bad in college. Like in college, I would drink like a bottle and a half of Glen Where, where did you go? UC Santa Cruz. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it was just like, and then I was living off campus and like, I was just like, you know, uh, my senior year, I like fell in love with this chick and like, you know, it didn't work out. I was like, I think I'm going to try heroin, you know? And I was just like. So that was your, your self-medicating uh, of the breakup? That was my self-medicating from the, like, what could have been, but didn't happen. And then she didn't like me back thing. And then so I was just like, I did heroin. And then I was, it was great because I went from being heartbroken to being like, I don't feel any emotions at all. So that's the, that's the lure to heroin. That's the only reason I cannot be a motivational speaker. Because if anyone's like, have you ever done any drugs? Or what do you think about heroin? Because I can we're supposed to be able to be like that, detached and non and not really be affected by anything, but in a sober state. So really, we're trying we're trying to replicate a heroin high without using heroin and on stage. And I'm not, not even on life. Oh, oh, oh! But I'm talking about specifically like a zen, zen, you know, type. Oh, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, distance. you see, you, you. I mean, I, I'm sorry. Not, I didn't mean it like that. I just meant like, but, 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 like the the whole concept of. Getting the high from being on stage is what oh, I was that's referring to. Oh, but, I'm sorry, I thought you were talking about you were just the no, no, getting a natural high from like you know enjoying your environment from like yeah. appreciating oh, the that's, atmosphere, yeah, that's, like like the fact that or med, for meditation and like just never right. And it's like I've reached that bliss and just being in nature, being in the forest, being on the beach, being in the ocean. You know, like being inside of a being in a lake. Or by the mountains, or what? I've I've I felt that before. I felt the natural high, or having like a meal that's so good. Like you know, you're just like, oh shit, is there opium in this food? Because I feel relaxed. Yeah. If this food was tasty, it was a little bit too tasty. That's, that's the power of nature. 
you know, and that's what's beautiful about life. But I mean, like what's beautiful about beautiful about stand up is that high that you get on stage when you're killing it, that high you get on stage when when, you know, everything's going great. And in that high you get on stage when you're trying out that new fucking joke and it goes over and you fit it in perfectly in your routine and it fit exactly where it needed to. And it was like it was too perfect. It was too perfect. It was like. It, it feels like you've been doing that joke for years exactly that way, but you just you just fine tuned it a little bit, and it's just like now it's perfect. But in reality, you're just like still thinking, how can I make this perfect joke even better? And then like yeah. I don't know, it's like you're driving yourself like I don't know about you, but me personally, like I could kill it, get off stage, and then go back to feeling like shit within a matter of minutes, minutes. Even if I killed it, and like chicks are coming up to me wanting to take pictures and you know, make sex offers and shit. Like, I still, I'm just like, you know, you wouldn't like, you wouldn't be talking to me if I wasn't funny. Like, get the fuck out of my face. Like, <laughs> like get your pussy That's out of my thing, face. You're, you're disarming <laughs> and you're friendly and lovable. And so, you, get, you know, people, people are attracted. They like that. I mean, it's just like, where were these people when I was fucking single? And also, <laughs> just, <laughs> no, but it's just like, it's not just that. It's just, you know, it's just a matter of like, I don't know, being insecure and, you know, like, uh, even when I do good, it's just like, you know, it's just like, when they're laughing at me, and it's just like, you got it on video. You 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 did two fat jokes in, in 18 minutes. Like, they weren't laughing at, like, you know, you you know what I mean? They were genuinely laughing. Of self-deprecation. And, yeah. and, and, like, sometimes when I talk about, like, you know, it's hard to lose weight. I don't know about the losing weight. They're like, oh, are you scared that if you lose weight that you're going to have to change your routine? And I'm like, dude. I say that I look like a proud Samoan lesbian woman with a beard. I say I fuck my wife like an elephant. I say when I get pulled over by the cops, why am I sweating profusely? Because I'm fat as fuck. But other than that, I don't mention that I'm fat on stage. Yeah, it, other yeah. than that, like, you know, like I'll talk about teaching. I'll talk about, you know, having shitty students or, you know, making them learn Spanish or, you know, um, you know, my second grade teacher, how I drove her to drink. And like, I don't know, like, there's just like a bunch of different things that I talk about. That's, that's why I don't have to do politics. That stuff's evergreen. Right. So it's just like, but also though, too, it's like so dated. Like if I'm like talking about something that's happening with Biden right now, and it's just like, it's like, oh, that happened in, 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 in uh, late May, uh, early June of 2022. And some, people, you know, and, you, and some people can do that, but you got to purge it. You can't keep, yeah, you, if you, you're going to be that, you better be writing new shit every day because a week from now, that's news is old in three hours now. Right. And yeah, no, I you know, the Buffalo this. shooting, then there's the Texas shooting, and then, uh, then there's the Amber Heard trial. Now it's this. It's like there's people, our attention spans like seven and a half seconds. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, with all these shootings that are going on, and it's like all these kids that are getting fucking shot and, and then it's like, I take it, per you know, it's so fucked up because it's like, I almost put out this like very emotionally charged post after that uh, tragedy that happened in Texas with the 19 people that got killed for that mass shooting at that elementary school. It's like, what type of fucking monster goes into an elementary school and kills a fucking second grade class? It's like, kill yourself, you piece of shit. And I, I have talked people out of suicide. I have failed, I have failed suicide attempts under my belt. I, I, I know this when I say this with my heart. If you feel like fucking shooting up a fucking school with people in there, if the kids kill yourself because 
to be honest with you, I'm a person that believes in second chances. I believe in harm reduction. But there's no second chances when you want to kill little kids like that. And, you know, people are like, oh, it's not a safe place to be a comedian anymore because of what happened with Chris Rock and Will Smith and, you know, like all these comics that are like, you know, that our lives are on the line as comedians. It's like, okay, teachers and kids are getting murdered. I'm more endangered being in a fucking school than I am being on stage. That being said, I'm telling you, this is, I, I don't even like bringing this up, but there's going to be an incident in a comedy club one of these days. Someone's going to just go nuts. I'm, I, hope, I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong too. And you know what, dude? I have, like, I've always been scared of that. And then, like, I'm at yeah, some Because you got, club. what do you have? You got a guy could be, t- you know, talking shit. You got a guy that's drunk, that's already pissed, his girl or whatever, you know, they broke up. She's not talking. We had a guy the other day at, in Oakland, at comedy, uh, at the comedy Oakland. He was drunk because he was sitting at the bar before the show, uh, and and he starts just like, "What about the nineteen kids?" Just and, and Samson, the host, said, "Sir, I understand we had a tragedy. This is why we're here. We you know, we're, we're trying to re- re- get a little Jesus. relief." From and then and, and then he and then he goes, "COVID. Anyone have COVID?" And here goes this guy, "I had COVID." And then he starts trying to engage him, and he's drunk and. And it's like, and it just got so bad. And then they had to kick him out. And it was just that whole. This, oh, God. You know, yeah. Like, no. What do leave these poor 19 kids out of? The, this has nothing to do with them. Uh, I, 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 I wouldn't even mention This is how you're coming. You're going to come to a comedy club. If you feel that bad, go down there and protest or go volunteer to, Dude, you know, go, go to something. church. Go to church. Like, you know, you know what are you doing in a comedy club? Yeah, don't, don't. Heckling, heckling the comedian. That's going to help uh, yeah. bring, bring solace to the families of the uh, uh, slaughtered children. Uh, no, I, of course not. I mean, but also though, too, who the hell goes to a comedy show and just brings up tragedies? Like, you know, it's like it's like, hey, motherfucker, this isn't an improv show where you're just shouting out, you know, suggestions. Yeah, if it was like, an improv show, yeah, what, what, like, worst thing to shut up. Okay, yeah. give me a subject. Nineteen children murdered. Oh yeah, great. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yes, Christ. and you know? okay, you're the first person that's made that funny, which is horrible, but still. Hilarious. It is, but it's just, <laughs> and only only because I I have a good sense of humor. And I know where your heart's coming from. Yeah, and, I, mean, like, it's honestly, just, and it's I know beyond, you're not a fucking monster. You're not yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, it's tragic. I was, I've, I've been a substitute yeah. teacher and I've been, you know, coached yeah. and done all that, referee. I mean, Dude, there's nothing yeah. There's nothing worse. That's that's just so deep in his soul to take the innocence of children. Like what, you know, Dude. shoot your own grandmother. Right. First of all, then, you, you shoot your own family in the face. Yeah. And, I mean, he really, whatever, whatever. And then what's fucked up, the mom's on the news like, Oh, my son's not a monster. It's like, yes, he is. He totally is. And then, you know what? And I get it. A mother's love is a mother's love. And, you know, we could debate this all day, like what was going on. But in reality, you know, his mental health was fucked up and he didn't get that checked out. Mm -hmm. Bottom line, because no matter what the fuck he was going through, you know, if he would have got like, like hospitalized and institutionalized, and somebody would have talked to him, and somebody would have at least professionally showed interest in what the fuck he was going, or what we're dealing with in his mind. Maybe there's a chemical imbalance. Maybe he he was not taking his medicine. But you know who gives a fuck? He's fucking dead, and this tragedy is going to keep fucking happening over and over again. We're going to keep talking about it because it's just like, you know, we love our fucking guns, and but unfortunately, people love getting those guns and going into fucking schools and churches and shooting yeah. people up because they can't get laid or because uh, they thank hate- you. That's that is the number one. All these guys are incels. Right. They're like, none, yeah. none of them had a, a fiance. They were had a, a good job. Or married or anything. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, uh, no, his, his girlfriend, know. it said, you know, he, he volunteered at the animal shelter. They never, no, there's, 
It's just right, right? Or if they did, it was to fucking mutilate animals, these serial killer fucks, you know, or to hurt the end. Like, dude, like, I I don't know anybody that fucking hurts animals, but if that I did, should be the death I penalty, would, right? Then if you took I care agree. of it right then, then a child yes. would be harmed. I, I agree 100% because, like, yeah, I never, I never fucking did anything like that. Like, that was like, ooh. I, well, love I, have animals. To, I have to admit, I, I stepped on some ants in my day. Okay, yeah, and I got to admit, like, I magnified some ants by accident. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we're all stupid kids sometimes. But, like, I didn't do it like, oh, yeah, I'm killing these. I was just, like, wondering what the fuck. But then I burned myself with it. I'm like, oh, I fucking killed him. I'm an idiot, and I'm learning, and this is why I'm not supposed to play with a magnifying glass outside by myself or ever at any circumstance. But, like, I don't know, this whole... This whole thing is it's, it's so fucked up because like I fucking hate it like when like a, a beloved celebrity or dies or a national tragedy happens and a bunch of people die or something locally happens where where somebody dies and then you have to go do stand up comedy and you have to pretend like everything's okay all hunky dory like nothing happened and you're just uh, like you know I just doing, I remember doing uh, a show. The Friday after 9-11 with Joe Klosek up in uh, up in uh, Broadway. Oh, you know? no. Wait, where? I was like, yeah, it was weird. You know, I thought he handled it really well. I'm not sure I did. It was just like, oh, I don't really want to do comedy. I'm like, yeah. Dude, who the fuck wanted to do anything? We got a football game canceled that Friday. Yeah, it was like. It was, it was like, on a Tuesday. And we decided, yeah, we're still going to do the show. It might have been the following <laughs> Friday, but I think it was the first Friday after the 9-11. Dude, nonetheless, that's still. Like, very, very, like, oh, my God. Who the fuck could have done stand? And then, like, a comedy was pretty much canceled in New York. And all like, the shows got canceled. The Broadway, all the, the like Letterman, all the late night counts shut down. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then it's so fucked up because I was in high school when that shit happened. And so, like, our football game got canceled. They canceled The Simpsons for two weeks. And, like, I was just like, what the fuck's going on? Like, because like, but then when I went to college and I met people from the East coast and we started talking about nine 11 and how they were, it's like, dude, you don't understand the fucking frenzy of trying to get in contact via cell phone. And this is 2001. Not everybody had a cell phone. So mm-hmm. everybody, so like lines were clogged up. People were not able to com- communicate or get in contact with anybody because it was like new year's Eve when you're trying to make a call to wish everyone happy new year's and every it's busy. You can't do it. It was worse than fucking New Year's because people were calling endlessly to make sure everyone was okay. And so there was like this like huge telephone jam. And then like with all the radios going on and all this, like it was just really fucked up. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I knew it was fucked up prior to having these conversations, but like, you know, it's like, and my brother was in college and, you know, his, his dorm was right there. In Manhattan, right there by Ground Zero. And, like, you know, we didn't know he was at his girlfriend's house. And if he wasn't at his girlfriend's house, he would have probably died, at least by now, from all the cancer, from all the all the particles and all. And I'm just like, holy fucking shit. And then there's these assholes that are, I mean, I, the Hugh Hefner roast on Comedy Central came out, or the Drew Carey roast, it was one of those two, had just come out. When 9-11, I think it was a, a Hugh Hefner roast had just come out when 9-11 had just happened. And I was like, how the fuck are you going to do comedy? And then they did. And then, like, Drew Carey went on this fucking rant about, like, I don't know, about, <laughs> about terrorists and how they could suck his dick. And it was, it was funny because you're not expecting Drew Carey to say, yeah, they could suck my dick. Or it's just something like that. It was, like, really, like, not clean. And it's like, oh, shit, it's a rose. 
you get to see your some of your favorite yeah. comedians like or television personalities like these i knew drew carey from the drew carey show you know so it's like oh shit he swore oh my god maybe it is okay to laugh again you know or like <laughs> but i came up with this idea that was one of my nether fate many failed comedy ideas is like roast your city or roast your state where you like you want to do a fundraiser then you'd hire us and i bring you know, I got a silver package, a gold package, but we write all the jokes for these for the for the dais people. And, you know, ghostwrite for them. And they go up and, like cap on the mayor and make fun of the police chief and everything. But it's like, dude, that's I, I kind of feel huh? like uh, uh, Jeff Ross stole your idea <laughs> because like that dude is like anything that's roastable, he will roast. It's like roasting. Like I did see that the ro- he roasting um, prisoners. And that shit was fucking oh, live from that Pecos County jail. That was a good. So that's one of the ones that, that's one of my bucket list things, but I, I don't really pursue it because I've had no luck getting through to. I want to do a, a comedy class in, in uh, penitentiary, you know, because my birth father was locked up for a lot of years and never met the man, but just, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, they say pain comes from comedy comes from pain. So who, who has more pain than people who've been incarcerated a long time. So write some classes, let them do some, develop some jokes shoot a special in the prison where the prisoners perform in front of the other prisoners. Dude, that's a great idea. Pursue that, man. That's a fucking, that's a, that's a million, multi-million dollar idea, man. Laugh that sentence. Laugh sentence, dude. I don't fucking normally censor my podcast. I think I might censor that name. Yeah. <laughs> you want to censor that? Is that well? I really will. Okay, okay, then fuck it, I want it. Completely uncensored. You know if, they steal it, if they steal that, I'll know how to track them down. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find them through their fucking IP address, these fucking steely fucks. No, but that really is a great idea. I'm not I'm not like one of these people that like, oh, yeah, it's great. I secretly think it's shitty. Dude, that's really it. And it's also inspiring. I think it would like, be so good. Yeah. It would be, it might, but, you know, dude, it's like a, and also, this could be either a documentary or, or, or a series. Maybe a special or a series. Or, yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. I and mean, all the money will go to victims' rights. I'm not making any money. I'll take the, you know, I'll take the fame credit. I'll take that for free. Yeah, yeah. Help. But yeah, the money, yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking any money. The prisoners don't get paid. They can do restitution to the victims or whoever they might have, you know. You fucked uh, over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? That's so selfless. And, like, you know, it's just, like, uh, the, the majority of people, you know, when they come up with ideas, like, you know, to... Uh, make a television show or um, a film or do- or a documentary or anything like that. It's just like, you know, bottom line, it's just like, I want to get paid. But, you know, the most important thing is to have people see what you can do. So they want to see more of that because Thank you've you. proven to them, hey, this is what I can do. And so it's like really inspiring, you know, because like I've only ever seen you clean on TV and on the Internet. When I see mostly you. clean, even in person. I mean, I no, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. Like, like when when, when I I befriended you, so then I was just like, I was like, this guy might not want to befriend me back, or but we're cool as fuck. And I was just like, I'm one of the dirtiest motherfuckers on the planet. I'm also one of the most truthful motherfuckers on the planet. But like, which is good and bad. But like, I really like. um I'm really blessed because also the two, my friend Mario the Butcher Montez was telling me about you for years and i was like I, I haven't met him but like if my boy mario said he's like dude this dude's a murderer 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 and like the way he says murderer it's like he's not fucking around he's like this, guy's a fucking this is murderer. a man who's butchered meat for a living so i, I take that as a <laughs> really sincere compliment <laughs> he's a he's a fucking murderer 
He's a murderer on stage. Well, he gets them already dead. Just be honest. <laughs> maybe, yes, I don't know. Maybe he's butchered yeah. live animals. We can't. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I've never asked him that. That's a, that's what if that was his, really Mario with the butcher was like his assassin name? We thought all these years he was like cutting meat at, 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 oh, at, at, at Whole Foods. <laughs> And he was he was like a fucking Sicario. Oh my god! Some of the stories Mario's told me, like no, he's a witness protection in New York, dude. Yeah, oh, come on, think about it. That's why he think went about to New York. it. You think he? Oh my think, god! Hey, you think he can afford New York Manhattan living on a butcher's salary? Come on. <laughs> Oh we'll, have to share, we'll have to share this with you. Gonna Dude, I, I think we're going to have to really like cut that part out because I don't want to get murdered by the butcher. That's for sure. No, I'm just fucking around. No, we're, that's, just, that's, we're just joking, Mario. Really. We're just a total joke. Like, you know, like uh, uh, opinions expressed on Poppycock podcasts are not always based in reality and are oftentimes fictitious, fictitious yeah. accounts of what reality could be in a parallel universe. great being on the show. My name's Larry Omaha. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> What a that's such a great name that's such a great name for comedy yeah yeah is that a real name well his name is mario but the book mario the butcher i mean that's I a mean, great no, 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 mario the butcher. no it's so funny because one time i left out the butcher on a flyer and i was like mario hey, is this cool and like he's like yeah it's cool but I, I kind of could tell it was not cool. I was like, let me just fix this really quick. He's like, no, 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 it's cool. Don't worry about it. I was just like, let me just fix this, dog. Let me just... No, it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't make the fire. It was my sister-in-law who made it. Mario, I don't want to get filleted over this thing. Okay? <laughs> I know, exactly, man. I fucking... It was so... Dude, he's got some fucking meat hooks, bro. Like, from cutting all that fucking meat. He's a former Marine. No, you're not a former Marine. He's a, mar- a Marine. He's a Marine, like, yeah. He's a... Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was, you know, fuck, man. That's uh, he's hell of a dude. One time, it's so funny because I was telling him about like some problems I was having, and he's like, "You know how easy it is to make mustard gas?" And I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about, bro?" He's like, "Yeah, it's really easy. They taught us in the Marines." I was like, "Well, they taught you that in the fucking Marines?" He's like, "Yeah, bro. They taught us shit." (laughs) Just like you're a scary motherfucker, bro. You're really scary. And like, and like, then like, you know, thank God. You know, he's my friend. You know, it's not like, oh, and that guy, that guy hates me. And he says, next time he sees me, he's going to, he's going to fucking butcher me up now. But like, no, it's just like, I've really met a lot of great people in stand up. And I'm really blessed to continue meeting a lot of great people in stand up like yourself and like add the opportunity because I, I saw that you were going to be in Burbank. And I was like, this, this man is going to be like 15 minutes away from my house. Well, so yeah. why don't I just go? And see what's up with, and you know what was what was because I didn't know when you were going in the lineup, so I was prepared to be there the whole show. And so when when you finished your set and you were done and you were like, I'm down to go get food now. I was like, dude, hell yeah, man! And like you know, it's like you know you're in good shape, but you got the you got the mind of a fat guy, and like I, oh, I really yeah. appreciate that's that. Problem, that's like, problem. This is one of the problems with comedy is you get too much access to bar food and alcohol and i go on cruise ships and it's all the free foods so it's constant struggle that uh well dude and then i saw I, looked, have, right? I looked up your wikipedia and i saw the year you were born i was like that guy looks great Ooh. like seriously you know what i mean i don't it was it was wikipedia so they might lie they ain't lying but i was just like no 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 so i'm not i'm not i'm not trying they to outed me yeah. I added you. I was just like, this interview's over. Yeah. <laughs> what's it's the past is bedtime. <laughs> <laughs>
for the record, it's 6.30 p.m. I'm, I'm just kidding. No, it's 7.53. Yeah. No, but like, uh, I really do. Uh, I, I did have a good time hanging out with you and going to go. And, and we went to go eat and um, we had med- Mediterranean food. And it was like, it was awesome, man. It was like such a fun time. We had the hummus. We had the, you had the falafel? I had falafel, baby. Yes. Oh, falafel. Fantastic falafel. Burbank, you're in Burbank. You have the falafel. And then, no, do, do not forget the hookah. The we hookah. have hookah. We have hookah yeah. with hookers. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. There was no hookers with a hookah. But, like, I was reading this uh, this book. Um, it was a book on tape. And uh, they kept instead of, and they kept saying hookah. It's, it kept saying hookah. Hookah. And, like, and I was just all like, oh, he's puffing on that hookah. And I'm just like, wow. He's, oh, he's. That's how they stay in Cunnilingus. Wow. And then I read it. I read the book. I read it. And it's it's hookah. And I'm yeah. like, this hookah. fucking British narrator just fucked up the whole image I have in my head. Because it's totally sexual. And now it's just actual hookah. But anyway, you know, it was it was, um, it was a someone learning. Has, someone has to straighten your twisted mind out. Yeah, I don't know who that's. I don't know who that's going to be. It, you know, the doctors try to do it with medicine, and yeah. that is not oh, work man. at all. So you know, it's just like, the stage is your therapist, my the friend. The stage is my therapist, but 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 just fair warning out there: don't go out there talking about your fucking problems your first few years of stand-up comedy because you're just complaining and you need to go to therapy. But once you know how to craft a joke and know how to tell a story. Then you can complain on stage and make it funny. But before you can learn how to do that, don't pursue the... Because like when you complain about your relationship, when you talk about suicidality, when you talk about problems with your missus at home, when you talk about stuff like... I mean, like, really, like, it, it, it can polarize a crowd. It can really... Like, you don't know what the fuck anyone's going through. You don't know if that couple in the front row, that look all lovey-dovey... You don't know what's going on at home. You don't know if he's verbally or physically or abusive towards her. And they're just putting up this front because you're picking on them in the front row. So I'm like, I'm just, I just go out to these shows with the, with the assumption that everybody's sad and I want to make them happy or at the very least have them forget about their problems and listen to my problems that I make funny or talk about my observations that I make funny or my past experiences that I make funny so, or it's just so absurd that it's funny. And so, you know, get your mind off of like whatever you're going through. Like, you know, regardless of, I mean, because we all go through horrible things. You know, you find out that, you know, something horrible's happened to somebody you love. And it's just like, I've had that happen so many times. And um, I've had, I've had, you know, the, this background with not the most savory people. So I know a lot of people who have died prematurely whether it was you know drug overdose or suicide or murder don't let your, don't let your uc santa cruz uh, degree fool you right? yeah absolutely not i mean like i mean man of the streets man of the street but you know what's fucked up the majority of the people i just mentioned was from i knew them from elementary school and middle school from the suburb i grew up in in san, san carlos, carlos california san carlos california and so and which is the same city dana carvey and Diane Feinstein, they went. We all went to the same elementary school, not the same years. Yeah, but, you um, Feinstein, you look way younger than Feinstein. Like, yeah, yeah, and I look about the same age as Dana Carvey, but um, I got better hair. But um, what was it called? Uh, yeah, man, it's it's so crazy. I I love this journey. I love how you and me 
cross paths and like you're my you're my new friend and I, I do actually respect the fuck out of you as a human being and as a comedian and so like I'm really really happy that I got to share well, this I'm looking time forward to working you. with you again I'm not sure yeah. I want to follow I'm not sure I want to follow you because you're <laughs> You're fucking beast out of here. Stage, but, oh, uh, that's hilarious. Uh, that that's a compliment coming from you because, like, I, and, and for the record, no, baby, I'm gonna make it hot and you're gonna make it melt. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, with the with the with the crowds and I, I do look forward. We're definitely gonna work again together. It's gonna be fucking fun. It's gonna be a, a really good time. Um, if I get something going, um, I'll ask you if you're available or, or nearby. We'll, brainstorm, or we'll brainstorm some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We'll and so, yeah, definitely, definitely want to go get some more Mediterranean food with you. Maybe we to listen to some Zoom podcast networking right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah time, next time we smoke the hookah, we do we the hookah. Hookah, hookah. Yes, with some hookahs. But yes, uh, where, uh, last question: Where can the people find you at home? The people find me at home. My address. You write this down. No. <laughs> In their home, in the comfort of their home, they go to the laughwithmark.com. Laughwithmark.com, and that's M-A-R-C. C. Yep. Insta, Insta, and Twitter, all that. At Mark Yaffe. M-A-R-C-Y-A-F-F-E. It's just better laugh with Mark because my name's hard to spell. Laughwithmark.com, and I'm going to hyperlink all of that in the description when I release it so people can just click on it and they don't have to type shit in because everyone's fucking lazy. If I could just, you know, put the hyperlink and they just click in it, boom, they could follow you. you. Boom, they could, you know, so it's just like, I'll put all that stuff, I'll put all that good stuff on there, I'll link your website. I get so frustrated because I, I try to do, you know, I got like, Mark, you know what's in Mark Yaffe, so I got, I'll do laugh with Mark. Laugh with, what, what, what? L-A-F-F? No, laugh, laugh at Mark? No, laugh with Mark. <laughs> laugh, laugh when Mark? No. Mark M A R. Dude, that's why I have HispanicTitanic.com. HispanicTitanic.com. And I swear to God, I, I, I'm like, if you guys like me, uh, check me out at HispanicTitanic.com. And people, I'll get, a, I'll get a laugh. I can close with that. And like, I'm like, that, I'm Victor Pacheco. That's my time. And how about the next one? Latino Bambino. Latino Bambino. <laughs> Dude, somebody has to have. That fuck, uh, if not, I, I will take it and then that will hyperlink to Hispanic Titanic. I'll just take that. Uh, yeah, that's what you do. You can point like 20 <laughs> domain names, that, you know. You just have to buy them all and pay for them all. It does add up. I wish I was a buyer like, like that. You know what? I'm not a hoarder in real life, but I'm, I'm like a domain hoarder. I've got like 50 domain names from all these ideas I've had. <laughs> I almost bought the domain Talk about the next podcast. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm, I almost I almost bought the victorpachecoisgay.com just in case. So nobody else would get it, you know. Um, I, was just, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I hate victor.com. I, I, I can live with that, but victorpachecoisgay.com is just, that's misrepresentation, okay? It's a bi-curious. Any rate, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm perfectly straight, but you know, I like, I, I appreciate beauty, you know, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm confident with my sexuality, oh, so, and I'm like, you know, like, fuck it, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about me neither, so you know what I mean? It's, and it's like, dude, where the fuck do you, like, you know, sometimes I try to dress nice, I'll, I'll look at what a dude is wearing and try to, you know, wear what this dude's wearing. So if that counts as checking out a dude, then I guess I checked out a dude. But you know what I mean? Everybody wants a title. And you know what? Fuck it. I'm bisexual, so now I can do all these LGBT shows, okay? Okay? If anyone asks Mark, I blew you. And that's how we're going to end the show. I'm just kidding. But uh, no, I just... <laughs> that's why you came to Burbank, huh? Oh, I, <laughs> I, I thought you were getting some. 
I wanted to suck more than that hookah. Let me tell you right, buddy. <laughs> Why do you think I got the check, baby? I'm just kidding. No, brother. Oh, I, 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 <laughs> did we order? I didn't order a hummus. I ordered a hummer, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? I don't want to spread this. I wanted to spread this. Anyway, uh, but uh, com. Uh, I'm gonna hyperlink that um, in all in uh, the iTunes, the Spotify, the YouTube, and I'll oh, tag you when it's all released. It's gonna be in a couple in a few weeks. I'm gonna release it every Tuesday. And they go, yeah, and they go right on my website. They can see my whole dry bar special on there for free. Oh, With nice! Commercial interruption. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because that's how you want to watch comedy. It's like I'm really that's getting into it. Free. And then here's a oh, there's three. There's three. Okay. Well, no, I said that's how we keep it free. Oh, free, free. Oh, oh. I thought you said, and there's three. There's three commercials in, in, in your in your special. Probably. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. Well, there's at least one. Me. Yeah. No, thank you for being here, Mark. I love you so much. Right. Thank you for being my brother. Right, brother. And um, I'll see you soon, man. Thanks for doing the podcast, yeah. man. All, All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, do your boy a favor. Tell your friends. Tell your cool family members. Tell your cool co-workers. Let them know about the podcast. And leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And be sure to follow me on all social media, Puro Papi Pacheco. And check out my website at HispanicTitanic.com for future dates. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Have a great day.